Okay, come on in. They're telling me we need to get started. Take your seats. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks for coming today. Don't worry. You're in the right place. Carol will be up here momentarily. It's my job to introduce the person who needs no introduction, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about me for a minute. Um, the only thing I've ever done up until about a few years ago is hit a white golf ball around, and I did it fairly well. So I run into people from time to time, and they, what are you up to? And I hear your wife's stuff is going good, right? I have this conversation a lot, and I found the most effective way to describe it is, look, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm working with my wife. Weird faces, why? What? He, you know, why are you doing that? You were, you were playing professional golf, this, that. There's a lot of reasons, but the best thing that I've seen that is most effective to tell them is, look, if I was as good at what I do as my wife is what she does, I'd have three or four master's green jackets in my closet. So that answers the question. They don't, answer, they don't ask any more questions. They said, you're right where you need to be. So without further ado, the greatest makeup artist, entrepreneur, CEO, and my most favorite human on earth, Kara. So nice. Um, he's really good at golf, too. I love you. Okay, so I am here to talk about hacking, which should be, it's my favorite thing in the world to talk about. Well, probably foster care, honestly, is my favorite thing in the world to talk about, but this is second. Um, so I figured it would be fun and something different than when I'm usually up on webinars and stuff talking about it is if we could make it really interactive, like me bumping my mic, interactive, and also you guys being involved, because this is what we don't have the opportunity to do normally, is to um, just answer your questions right here, right now, show you what I'm talking about. Um, and so we'll just demo and do questions and just kind of walk through um, the parts that you feel like you want to learn a little bit more about. And um, if you guys are okay with that, that's what we'll do. Sound good? Okay, great. Aspen, I think my brushes are in my backpack. Chris has it. So um, I can just start by doing a demo and kind of tell what I'm doing and why, just kind of as an opener. And it'll probably be a lot. Come on up. Yeah, you can, you can be our demo. <laughs> She's like, I'm on top of it. And then as we go, don't feel, feel like you can ask questions as we go, and then, um, and then we'll do more demos, whatever we end up having time for. It's just in, yes, in there. Xanax! <laughs> Thank you. What's your name? Welcome. Say that again. Debbie. Debbie, come on up. Debbie. Have a okay, seat. You don't want to follow me. I'm Debbie Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
follow her on Instagram at Debbie Bentley. Debbie Bentley, 2019. 2019, very important. Why 2019? Um, I don't know, my daughter said it. It's as good as answer as any. Okay, can I remove your glasses for a second? Okay, okay what colors are you currently wearing? Um, I just had a sunburn, so right now I have Oh my gosh, sunburn. that helps us. Sunburns are so fun because they help us because a lot of people have redness. So you're just like a great, you don't look like you're wearing a ton, so I'm just going to kind of go not. over it. Um, a sunburn is a great thing to talk about because a lot of people, whether they have acne, redness, a lot of what you're trying to tone out will be just red undertones. When I used to get a sunburn, I always thought makeup made it always look worse. And actually, when I was um, learning about makeup, a lot of my teachers would say that makeup would make a zit look worse because it just enhances the texture. And what we're actually um, getting wrong about that is it's not the texture that's the problem, it's the color that's the problem. So when the skin is a whole different color and you're, you're still using the colors that you normally use, that is actually what enhances the texture. It's not the zit that's so textural that you can't cover it. It's not the burn that's giving your skin all this dryness. While they are doing that, the color is the real problem. I also so, have a, a sore on my chin because I biffed it camping. Oh my so gosh, I'm sorry. We can just show everyone all the tricks. So, I actually did get a sunburn the other day, and I typically use, um, well, I move around a little bit, but I typically use sandy, maybe wheat, and with my sunburn, I just used a touch of goddess, and it made all the difference. So, let's just try some things. I never know, just like, even though I've been doing this, I've done it on thousands of faces, I never know just because I'm looking at someone what they're going to need. Um, I just can do a best guess. So if it's an online color match, always be sure to let them know that it's your best guess and um, that we will make sure to give them the right colors if anything goes wrong and we don't get the right colors. I think that's really important to kind of preface it that way because then people feel like um, if it is wrong that you're going to guide them through that process. So I'm going to have Aspen come up here. She's going to film close up something so you guys can see them from like way back where. So I'll show you some of this. I just this put. This wasn't a good choice for me to go like this. It was the best choice. You're perfect. I know the lighting in here leaves some to be desired even with this, but I'm going to actually just hold it where I want it. So you can see there's quite a bit of color um, differentiation. So I can see texture where I put the makeup, and I can't see texture where the makeup isn't. That's a really, sorry, what? Oh. Oh. There we go. Sorry. I can see more texture where the makeup is, and that's always a really good sign that I don't have the ultimate color. That was mango. So let's get a little crazier. Let's go goddess. So would you say go darker if you have a redness or Oh, yeah. Yeah. To a surprising amount. 
Because what we're trying to do is we're kind of trying to bridge that gap um, so that we can tone out the redness, but not so that we can make such a huge leap that it's creating texture on the skin. So this one, this part, you are peeling a little bit where this is so that, you know, we have to deal with the peeling. But that is a much closer, as you can see, some of the texture is blurred out on that second one versus being heightened like it is on the first one. Can you kind of see that? It's hard to tell because she is peeling right there. But dots, no dots basically. No, you're okay. So we're gonna go with goddess. Now, I would just like to know by raise of hands who would have thought we were gonna use goddess. Yeah, probably not a ton. You girls are good though. Um, super typical to just think it's going to be lighter than it is. You probably heard me say that a lot if you watch much of the webinars because it is such a common um, mistake. So it's really about getting that redness kind of toned out, but we don't want to make her like a totally different color. Yes, will you? There we go. Let me turn further this way. Does that look good for you guys? Okay, perfect. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a really good time to talk about the, the redness on the nose. If you were in my class yesterday, we talked about this. A lot of people said, the makeup looks good. It looks great everywhere, except for the nose. It looks kind of peely or it really enhances the texture. Typically, unless someone is peeling, your nose is actually less textural than the skin on the rest of your face. So it's not a problem about texture. It's, again, a problem with color. And it just comes down to the fact that a lot of people have broken capillaries in their nose. A lot of people just have natural redness or freckling or darkness on their nose because it gets so much sun. And they're just going to need a little bit darker of a color. Typically, she said just on their nose. Typically, if they do have a dark red nose, they will have some rosacea other places. So it's not like, oh, you have to buy this color just for your nose. That would be a more rare situation. But even still, when you're talking to someone about this, um, I know that it can be hard to be like, okay, I need you to have three highlights because it starts feeling very overwhelming. I try to stay around two. But um, a lot of times, um, if you can just do two and then use a little bit on the cheeks where there's some rosacea, if they had such a wide range that you needed three, um, you could just kind of explain it to them. And once they see that difference, they're gonna, it's gonna make all the difference for them, being willing to kind of dip in a different place. When they think of three products from traditional makeup, three products is a big leap because you're gonna have to open up three different things, find them in your bag, pour them out, and they each cost like $30 a piece, where this is half of that for each piece. So it's a little easier to get them there. Perfect question. She says, can you highlight the nose still to do the nose highlighting and contouring once you've done 
that lighter shade. So it's kind of like a color correct situation where now that we have that pigment there, it's if we're really light handed with the highlight, which you always really want to be with the nose highlight, um, it's going to do it's going to do just fine. Yeah. So it shouldn't show any texture. If it does, you probably just know that you either went too light with the highlight or that you went too heavy. Too light and too heavy are probably our two biggest situations. Yes. Yes. So here is where it kind of depends. So if you have someone, typically if you have <laughs> someone with just one, say they have one big blemish and they're just very fair and the rest of their skin is porcelain and they have this one big blemish. In that case, you're, you will probably need to take the two steps of one, a mango to kind of get you halfway there. Um, and then another, which is the color that you're gonna use on the rest of the face. The whole idea is that if you take something really dark red or something really dark brown, like a dark spot or really dark under eyes, and you try to cover them with a really light color, if you don't cover it completely, which is you know, almost impossible to do and leaves you with texture, then you're going to see some see-through. And when you have that see-through, it'll either just look gray or like a weird grayish pink. And so when you add a little bit of that orange pigment, it kind of, it's like, I need to come up with a better way of explaining it, but I think of it as like a halfway triangle. Like you can't take a straight line there, so you have to meet in the middle in a halfway triangle. Does that make any sense? It's really how I do it. Like when I'm trying to demonstrate it on, uh, like the image I had this morning, I can, I'll play with images sometimes just to show why we're choosing the colors we're choosing. And what I do is I just take the saturation and I go in like a perfect triangle. So you're just adding more of that skin color so you overcorrect so that then you can go back in and it will look um, smooth. With typical color correcting that you see on the market that people use, um, I'm not a huge fan with most of it because like if you have a red zit and you put a mint green color over it, the colors, I understand that the colors are opposites. That's not really how that works because they're not in the same shade. So a mint green and a dark red, they're really, they're not gonna come together properly and you're gonna have to do so much overcorrecting to correct the correction. So I never put anything on the face that isn't within skin color. And I count oranges and yellows within skin color. Um, it could have a touch of green or a touch of, you know, these undertones that you want to kind of correct with, but anything that doesn't look like a skin color, I wouldn't use. Because it just gets you in a situation where now you have to use twice as much makeup. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm such a broken record about this, but it's really hard to believe, and I think that's why I say it so often. But even, it's not just texture problems that are color problems, it's, it's lasting problems. This makeup really does last like crazy. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, because it's like every other person either tells me, um, the makeup lasts better than anything I've ever used, or they'll say, I can't get it to last. And it's like people with the same skin types. And the reason the difference isn't their skin type, typically, you know, there are cases where someone's extreme, but I'm talking about 95% of people, 
the situation is a color. So trying to bridge a huge gap, that's going to make it a lot harder. So you're gonna use a lot more product and the product doesn't work like that where you can just layer it so much and still get that staying power. So like here, when I'm doing Goddess, I'm really not using much product at all. But because it has that pigment to kind of counteract it, it's getting the coverage that we need without a ton of product. And if you used a darker color and then you still had to kind of go over it lightly with your lighter highlight, you'll probably see a big difference. Yes. Yes. Yes, such a good question. You can do it, but like, what do you expect for day to day? So here again, she's, so the question was, what do you do when you're doing a lot of color correcting, but then you still have the neck and decollete? How do you handle that situation? As a makeup artist, you can just cover it, go through all that trouble, but you can't expect them to do that on a regular basis. Is that right? So such a good question. Um, this is another case of kind of meeting in the middle. So if you have a brush like this, and you don't have to change their whole neck to make it all go together, one quick swipe right down and just a little bit right there, which really isn't a ton to ask. When you have the right color, we'll make it all blend so beautifully. Um, and if you can't get it with that one swipe, it might be worth considering you know, shading up for them. Even if you like that lower shade better and, and with your expertise you can get it done, if you, if you can kind of tell that that's not gonna be where they're at, it's better to get something that's less fussy for them that they're gonna do, because it's still really toning them well and doing like a beautiful finish. Does that make sense? There's also the other situation though where people have a lot of pigment in their face and no or, little, or very little pigment in their, either just their neck or even their neck and chest, which it's kind of a similar thing where it's, um, it's really not that big of a deal to have them take some bronzer and kind of the opposite. So when, I'm, when I have to lighten, I'll lighten right here and right here. I'll get my cut on my dress. Um, when I have to darken, I'll do the opposite. So I'm just kind of, kind of trying to go with the natural shadows. So I'll put a little bronzer on the two sides of the neck and then right under the collarbones. And it just kind of makes everything look like it's in the same color family. So they don't all have to look the exact same. It just has to look like a natural sunlit glow. Okay. So still working. If you walk out of here in regular light and you look horrible, I am super sorry. <laughs> this is also a good testament to never doing makeovers in terrible lighting. Bring your light with you. You guys will have to tell me what it looks like because I can't see. <laughs> How's she doing? How am I doing? <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to take a little contour. So when I pick my contour color, um, 
Oh, gosh. I should have brought a ring light, but I just thought it would be like in front of you guys and it would be weird, but no, you don't need to hold that. That will just be like, thank you though. You're the nicest. She looks like an angel and she's got a halo and then, so maybe like it's where you're meant to be. Okay, so when, so the highlight color, I usually do two colors, but I love, I love to do that last, really the under eye highlight at the very end. It's just so fun, and especially when they're kind of watching the process or when I'm doing it on myself, I just love it. I never get sick of it, it's just so fun because it's just like, oh hi, I just have all the beautiful lighting on me. So I'll usually do the, the main highlight if I'm doing two different highlights first, and then I'll do a contour. Um, choosing my contour is way easier than the highlight. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah. Um, because with both, there is a lot of right ways. I hate it. You guys have probably had this experience where someone asks you and then like three other artists what colors they are. Have you guys had that? Because I've had that. And I'm always just like, then they're like, well, so-and-so told me this, and so-and-so told me this. And I'm like, oh, girl, this is what we need. Thank you so much. Perfect. Oh, it still looks pretty, though, guys. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Yes. Yes. So typically, because she had that redness all over, I just wanted to do an all over color. I don't do an all over color always, or even most of the time, because I kind of want to just do the contour where I need and the highlight where I need. But when you have something that's a color correct that you have to do on the whole face, I love using the B squared because I can get it on the whole face really fast. And it does like a thinner coat on the whole face rather than getting kind of a full coverage coat. Because I know I'm going to be going back over it. Thank you for that question. So contour, when the, the biggest thing you're looking for is just for it to look like a natural shadow, which, which is kind of fun because with every face, they have natural shadows already on there, so it's a little bit of a shortcut. Um, but sometimes it's harder to tell. Basically, with the contours, you're just looking for what's wrong. Um, if it looks orange at all, it will look like a stripe. It won't look like a cheek. The cheek is getting chiseled. If it looks gray at all, that will just make them look kind of dead or just, it doesn't look like a shadow either. It just kind of looks um, gray and like they're dead. So <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. So I'm going to try Astoria. We'll see. I'm kind of in between Astoria and Indigo. Do you, do you, do you use Indigo? Which do you mm -hmm. use now? Yeah. So we'll see. Astoria might be too gray. But if it is, that'll show for a good example for you guys. And it totally is. So I'm going to just keep applying it <laughs> so you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about. So I think this is better lighting for you guys without the light, right? OK. See that line of makeup? Even though it's not like well blended, it shouldn't look like that like it's something on her face. Um, so 
we know that we have the wrong color. So let's do indigo on the other side. I promise I'll match you up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I almost used cinnamon, no big deal. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> okay, the other thing, the other kind of red flag that you have the wrong color is if it's really hard to blend. If your customer is complaining that it looks spotty or that they blend it so much that it blends away or um, that it's just hard to apply, that's typically you have too dark of a color. It's just too much pigment for them and they're not able to work it around. Yeah, this looks really pretty. This is indigo. Can you see that difference, hopefully, a little bit? So it just blends a lot better, and it just doesn't look like something's sitting on her face. I have a question. Please. With my dowels. Speak into the. Oh, sorry. No. I'll repeat it. Okay. With my jowl, do you go across the top of the jowl? That's a good question. Okay. So anytime there's any unevenness in the jawline, I just kind of like to fake it straight. So I'll take a brush that's a little stiffer. If they're not stiff, then they'll move around too much and they'll actually enhance whatever um, texture differences there are. Yes? the other colors. So it's kind of like a lighter Astoria. I would say it's kind of in that color line where it's got a lot of olive undertones, um, but it's not as warm as, say, olive. It's more olive than olive. <laughs> yes. Such a good question. How do you just decide what brush you're going to use to apply different things? So I take into account a lot of things. Try not to overcomplicate it. But um, my client and their perspective and what they're going to do in the morning is probably one of my huge, biggest deciding factors for everything I do. Um, if I think they're going to walk out of here with one brush, I'll use that, the brush that I think I can get the most out of. Or if I think they're more open, and a lot of times we think they're gonna walk out of there with one brush. If we show them a beautiful makeover, they might be a lot more into it than we ever thought. So it's all a real big um, decision-making process there. Mostly the key, like the key things that I do every time pretty much is on very thin faces or very like long faces, I will almost never contour with anything bigger than the detail hack, um, just because I'm gonna make them look gaunt, and you don't wanna do that. Um, and then when I need full coverage, even if I don't need full coverage, I might use the Buffy, but if I need full coverage, I'll almost exclusively use the Buffy. So those are two rules, but other than that, if I think they're really not fussy, and they're just really gonna want like a one minute hack, I will do the 30 second hack. And it's such a good starter brush. It really is just the bomb. If your customers are complaining that it sells in their lines a lot, what exactly 
Yes. So I want you to know, first of all, her question is, if it settles, if the customers are complaining that it settles in their lines, what's the problem there? Um, the first thing I will say is if you're ever thinking like this makeup is maybe just not right for mature customers or maybe if you have a lot of things going on, you need another product, just put that to rest. For sure, it's the best product that I've ever used. And I just wouldn't say that just because I made it. It's really just miraculous and something they're going to love. 90% of the time, that's one of two things. Color, I would say 99% of the time. Color or using too much. So if it's settling in the, in the wrinkles um, and they're using too much, it just gives, it gives the makeup too much slip and slide room. Actually, I'm gonna add a third one to that. If they're using their like milk or if they have another heavy cream that they use right before they put the foundation on or primers, I almost never recommend primers, only in really extreme cases. And people just think, oh, I did my best. I put on like three different primers and I started with my, <laughs> my cream. I'm doing like all the things. And you're like, you need to do less of the things. Um, that's a case where you definitely just want um, to make sure that you know what the routine is so you can give them good advice. And then a lighter hand. I always try to get people to experiment if they will and just do just try with like the lightest amount you think is possible um, and see how that goes. The lighter hand won't fix a color problem though. If it's a color issue, a lighter hand will probably just accentuate what's wrong. Um, and when the makeup is finding its way to every cre crease and crevice, it's because the makeup is this color, the skin is this color, and they're just not able to find a common ground. So, <coughs> sorry. So, in those cases, if I've never been, I've never not been able to fix one of those situations with, with those two things. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it's never, I've never witnessed it. Um, the only other thing that I would add as, as an extra, if, if someone has really deep, like if you have really deep under eye creases or like a really deep bag and the makeup does find its way into that crease, halfway through the day. To some extent, that can't be avoided. Um, so I always just say, tap it, tap it in if you notice that. Um, once we've kind of made sure the other two things aren't a problem. Um, with most makeups, you're not, you really can't do that because it's either set or it's a liquid and it's kind of like congealed now. Um, so you always have that option and touch-ups with 3D are so easy. Um, to me, it's a way better trade-off than using a ton of products and getting that smooth, kind of sticky thing that never moves but doesn't look like skin at all. So, you know, that little takeaway. But a lot of times when you're just like, it's no big deal, just tap it, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that's probably fine. Okay, so I'm gonna do a little bit of indigo on the forehead. The forehead's a really good place to tell if you have the right contour. If you don't, it's likely to look a little um, louder. Whatever it is that's kind of the problem will be louder at the forehead just because that's the place that's getting a lot of light. So kind of back to what I was saying about um, unevenness on the jaw. I will just take a brush with a little bit more 
um, stiffness. And when I say that, let me just kind of demonstrate what a brush with give will do. This brush has a ton of give, which is super good for blush. Not good necessarily for an uneven jaw. So I'm not gonna put any product on it, but if we go over this, you can see how the brush just curves, like curves around her natural curve. And we kind of wanna just kind of fight it. So where this brush, especially depending on how I hold it, it's just staying right there. Does that kind of make sense? So it just gives a really kind of crisp appearance. And then I'll go kind of down just to kind of blend everything in together. Down like so right on the two sides. Oh, sorry, bonk you. <laughs> the two sides of the esophagus. Okay, so now I'm going to do a little bit of blush. I love doing a bright blush on someone with, um, that I used some of the darker colors on. A lot of times when we think we're using the darker colors, you think you have to use a darker blush, and that's definitely not the case. You just need a more pigmented blush so that it's still, um, oh, I should be using one of the new ones. Actually, I brought them for this. Which one do you guys want to see? Saffron. Cindy would actually probably look better. Saffron with the sunburn is probably not the direction we want to go. Let's do Cindy because it's perfect. And it's, it's well pigmented. Cindy. Isn't that pretty? So when I'm using blush, I like to kind of get an idea of where the client is on what they like. But I almost, some people say they don't like blush. I do not let people get away with that. I'll just give them something a little lighter or a little more nude. But blush is everything. I talk to them, I try to talk them up about how much it brings out your eye color. It's not just their grandma's blush where they think it's gonna make them look like they're in a pageant. Yes. So give me the examples of your colors again. And then what blushes disappear? Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So she's saying she wears goddess. Sometimes when she wears the lighter colors, they just kind of go away really fast. Totally, totally makes sense. So. What happens is, um, it's just like a piece of paper. If you put pink on it, you're gonna see that pink. If you get a construction piece of paper that's uh, you know, brown, and you put pink on it, you're not gonna see it. Instead of needing a really dark color like red in order for it to show up, you just need a brighter color like Dahlia. You can use a darker color too, but we just need more vibrant pigment in order to counteract the vibrant pigment that you already have. Does that make sense? So um, 
So I will show Dahlia just over the Cindy, just to kind of give you guys an idea. It's just really pretty, and it shows up really nice. And if it's sinking in, you just kind of want to try to find something that's a little broader. Um, and that goes for all dark skin tones, too. You don't have to look for, you know, only the black cherry and only that. You'll love the hot colors. Okay, so now we're gonna do my favorite part, the lighter highlight, and I think, I think we should try wheat. So this one, because it's under the eyes and we're using that lighter color, we really want to be gentle and use a really light hand and use not a really heavy amount. So that's why I like to use the just the lighter end of the BF, BBF or the smaller end of the BFF PBF because I feel like I can get like a really feathery application with it <clears throat> and just get just barely the, the amount I need. And then I typically will do this in between the brows. That's just one of those telltale places where you'll see pigment if you have a darker color there. And then I like to highlight the brow with whatever I'm using just because it saves me steps. And a little bit on the chin. This is looking so pretty. Can you tell, hopefully? Yes. Good question. Yes, absolutely. So she says, if you have puffiness under your eye, is there a way to look, make it look not puffy? Okay, I'm gonna actually demo it on you or someone else who wants that. Okay, come on up. Thank you, our beautiful, beautiful model. You look gorgeous. I hope you look gorgeous in all lightings. I can't promise, but I think you will. You might. Can I try some of the, the um... Cindy? Oh, the lip conditioner, yes. Here, you can take that. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, we have five minutes, so I'll quick show you this. Thank you so much. Thank you, you look beautiful. So she's such a good example. When she came up here, she did have her foundation on, but because it was so light, it had wiped off completely. I can assure you, unless she goes swimming, by the time she goes to bed tonight, she'll have that really pretty glow still, and that's because we use the right colors. Take a lap. Do the do the Vera. <laughs> you don't have to, but they would like you to walk around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You guys are like, what is she talking about the whole time? Sorry, guys. 
Just don't look in different lighting. I can only attest. Yeah, let's just omit it. Well, you guys can still see the technique, though, so she should probably stay. Okay, just don't judge. <laughs> yeah, it looks good on her phone, too, but then on the thing, it looks orange, so. Sorry. Yeah, you guys are like, should I quit this company? What is going on? <laughs> Okay, so when someone has puffy under eyes, the last thing we wanna do is use a bunch of highlight that's really light right under their eyes and just enhance that whole thing that they're probably really concerned with. I probably hear more about dark or puffy under eyes than anything as far as complaints go, which is kind of funny because I actually love dark under eyes. Like, I think they're so pretty. Right, sister Rachel, she's really like, tells you the truth even though you don't want it sometimes. And she's like, your under eyes are a problem. And I'm like, you don't think they're pretty a little bit? It's just like natural eyeliner, no? So <laughs> coming from that, um, I like to create a little, when I have a puffy eye, so puffy eye and a dark under eye circles are two fully different things, and we want to use a fully different uh, technique for them. So when I have any kind of puffiness, It's not bad. She says that she has a double puff. People think their under eyes are so much worse. My, mom, my daughter will be like, Mom, I don't even think I can go to school. My under eyes are horrible. And I'm just like, <laughs> OK. Um, so I think we really see more than is really there. Rachel doesn't agree with me, though, I guess. So I'm going to use a little bit of contour. Look up. And I do it under the eye like just kind of like bottom liner, but just a thicker line than you probably would expect. And it's super blended though, so it doesn't look like a line. I'm using Astoria now. What that does is it makes the eye look bigger. And a lot of times when people have um, heaviness or anything down there, they don't necessarily want dark eyeliner because it's going to bring them down, make them look tired. Uh, stuff like that. So this is just kind of a medium. It's just giving us a little depth. It's just doing contour like we did on the rest of the face. We're just doing it around the eye. And then, but the key to it, to make it, make sure it doesn't make you look tired, is to then take another color right below and still brighten a little bit. We don't want to lighten too much. We still want to brighten and just kind of keep that triangle of focus up to the eye. So. So this is for puffy. We'll talk dark as soon as I'm done with this, because um, <clears throat> it's just a totally different technique. So what are you using for your highlight? Okay, sunlit. That's a great choice. So I'm going to use just a little bit of sunlit kind of right where that um, little puff puffiness line is, and then go over it a little bit with something maybe a little lighter like June. Hold on one 
one second. Say what? I'm kind of trying to decide. Is it your main color or your highlight? So what do you highlight with? Uh, well, I would use linen, but looks pretty, so mm -hmm. like white beige. Oh, looks pretty. Okay, so I'm going to use linen, but I went over the right where the crease was with a little bit of wheat. And I'm just going to get a little bit under this side. Pretty. So there's, there's still a shadow with puffy eyes. You're still going to have a shadow, and you can't control all the light that's ever seen. The idea is to kind of just diminish it where you can and then focus elsewhere. And focusing on your eyes, you have beautiful eyes, you have a beautiful color of eyes. What we do when we give a little bit of that depth there is diminish a little bit of that puffiness and then get the focus back on the eyes. So, that's beautiful. Thank you. Okay, real quick, I know I'm out of time, right? Way out of time. So, dark, dark circles, mostly just I typically don't do more than one color. I'll highlight my like super bright highlight. Um, the only time I'll do one color or a color correct is if it's an extreme case where it's really, really dark. And that's when I use the pigment. So I'll go to like something like mango or wheat, just kind of depending. I won't use wheat if it's anywhere in the gray zone. I'll only use wheat if it's in the red zone because then I'm going to make it green. So hopefully that's helpful. Yes, yes. Otherwise, I'm going to go more orange. So thank you guys so much for coming to this class. Hopefully I helped teach you some stuff.